Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. One of those at the table with Jesus said to him, Blessed is the one who will dine in the kingdom of God. He replied, A man gave a great dinner to which he invited many. When the time for the dinner came, he dispatched his servant to say to those invited, Come, everything now is ready. But one by one, they all began to excuse themselves. The first said to him, I have purchased a field and must go to examine it. I ask you, consider me excused. Another said, I have purchased five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to evaluate them. I ask you, consider me excused. Another said, I've just married a woman, therefore I cannot come. The servant went and reported to his master. Then the master of the house, in a rage, commanded his servant, go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town, and bring in here the poor and the cripple, the blind and the lame. The servant reported, sir, your orders have been carried out and still there is room. So the master then ordered the servant, go out to the highways and the hedgerows and make people come in that my home may be filled. For I tell you, None of those men who were invited will yet taste my dinner. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a seat. Who here? Hello. Who here is uh, any good at sports? Raise your hand. Yeah, you got some. All right. Hunter, what you good at? Baseball? Give me another. Yeah. What's that? Jiu-jitsu? Huh? And give me one more. Something to the back. I never get all the way to the back. Who is good at something? You, sir. Baseball? Baseball. Two baseballs and a jiu-jitsu. Not a bad start. All right. So I have a secret to tell you. It's going to shock everyone. I was terrible at sports. Still am. But I was, especially as a kid. And that was a problem because my family was not... So my sister was an all-state swimmer and volleyball player. The two cousins that were raised with us, like my brothers, so be like my stepbrothers, they both went on to play college and professional ball. And every male cousin on my mom's side of the family, all 36 of them, are either high school, college, or professional ball coaches. It was a disaster that I couldn't throw a ball. It was the absolute worst thing in the world. And I would spend hours at night praying that God would at least just let me not be the worst on the team. Be like the second person. Probably the most horrible moment of, uh, of grade school was, um, was in a, a Catholic League basketball tournament. I made my first basket for the wrong team. Really happened. So it was very, very, very hard for me growing up. I was pretty good at music. I can still sing some, right? And I was, I was decent at a number of instruments, but I wasn't great at any of them. I was okay with art, but not enough that anybody was ever going to like it or buy it or anything. It was just a step above you know, being on the fridge. So like, I just wasn't very good at anything. And it, it doesn't feel very good to not be good at anything, does it? Like, you don't like the things you're not good at, because you're not good at them. 
So this was very, very, very difficult. And it wasn't until I got to high school, and partway through high school, really, that uh, the speech and debate coach, who this summer went to God, that he said, PJ, I think I know what you're good at. So what's that, Mr. Sheep? And he said, talking. You do more of it, and you do it better than most people. That's what you should do. Make your, make your living talking. So I could sell cars, or I could be a pretty bad kid. In all seriousness, it was my discovery. It was learning that I could speak reasonably well in front of people, and that crowds don't really scare me. Because who gets scared when you have to talk in front of people? Almost everybody gets scared talking in front of people. But for whatever reason, I'm missing that gene. And so this doesn't bother me at all. And, uh, and that's part of how I found out God wanted me to be a priest. Because I was not good at some things, but was good at other things. Imagine my surprise then, when I got to seminary, and I discovered people like Father Smith, who was both good at sports and good at talking. <laughs> who could do the things I couldn't do, but could do some of the things I could do too. And I'll be honest, the first three or four years, because seminary is a long, long, long time, the first three or four years, I was pretty jealous. I thought the seminary was the safe space for people like me, not like him. But it wound up working. Now, I didn't go to seminary with Father Smith. He's enough behind me. We never overlapped with each other. But, but guys like him and guys like me, we made each other better, not worse. Our differences allowed us to, 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 to challenge one another and work harder at the stuff that we aren't good at. And our similarities allowed us to do better together at things than we'd have been able to do on our own. Gang, I'm telling you this today for two reasons. The first one is, I don't think it's any surprise, because I've had to be in enough classrooms the last two weeks, um, we are not appreciating each other's differences enough. Okay? So there is just altogether too much teasing, picking on, and bullying going on. Like, it has to stop. And it's not just got to stop because it's annoying to me, or annoying to the teacher, or annoying to Ms. Rooney. It's got to stop because you're only hurting yourselves. You can be better when you're appreciating what's different about the kid next to you, not teasing them for it. When you're interested in learning about what's different about the kid next to you, rather than making fun of them for it. And you might actually discover you're good at something you don't even know about. All right. The other reason I'm telling you this is because this is the week that the church has us focus especially on praying for and promoting vocations, especially vocations to priesthood and religious life. What's, what's a vocation? What's a vocation? Yeah. Say again. It is something someone does, and it's not simply something someone chooses to do but that God has called them to do. So it's what God is asking each of us to do in our lives. I like to think about it this way. We all have a big B vocation, a capital B vocation. That's the, the main thing that we wind up doing with most of our lives. And so for most of us, that big B vocation is going to be marrying someone and having children. That's the ordinary way that God chooses to sanctify most people, to make them whole. For some of us, that means deliberately not marrying 
some as priests like Father Smith and Father Stark and I, some as consecrated religious men and women. And later in the year, I think we're going to get a chance for you to meet some religious men and women, some brothers and sisters, so you can see what that looks like and feels like. But, but, but what these people do is they, 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 they willingly choose to give up some of the good things that go with a more ordinary life, marriage and family and kids and job and house and stuff, and instead... They promise to never marry and give their lives wholly to the work of the church and to live pretty simply and, uh, and to be obedient to the church, even in terms of where to live and where they're going to work and all that kind of thing. And the reason this is important to do, the reason the church keeps people like this all the time, is as a kind of reminder for the rest of us, we're all called to live simply, probably more simply than we do. To do with fewer things so that we can give up some of the good that we've been given for the sake of those who have less. And we're all called, whether we're married or not, to live in fidelity, in faithfulness to our first and most important relationship, which is to Jesus. And we're all called, each one of us, especially important in the last couple weeks, to obedience. To defer to the person in authority over us, whether that's a parent, or a teacher, or a coach, or a priest. And the only time we should really be pushing against that is if we really think that the grown-up is doing something they shouldn't, and then we need to not be fighting them. We need to be going to another grown-up and telling, and telling the grown-ups that we trust something seems off here. But, but, but what we can't have, what doesn't work, is talking back, or making fun, or being rude or insolent to each other, or especially to the people in charge of us. That would be disobedient, it's a sin, it's a bad thing, and it'll, it'll make you less than you can be. So if you want to be good, better than good, if you want to grow up to be a saint, the way we talked about at the very beginning of the school year, if you want to really make this all work for yourself, then we all got to ask ourselves what that big B vocation is that God's drawing us to, and what the little B vocations are that God calls us to each day. What are the little ways that God is calling us to do good or avoid evil, to, to, to engage in the corporal or spiritual works of mercy, to follow the commandments and avoid sin in this moment? So sometimes that might look like when we're on the playground and we can see someone starting something, going and making sure it doesn't happen, distracting the situation or getting a teacher or doing anything to make sure that the bad thing doesn't happen. It might look, contrary-wise, in the cafeteria, like seeing somebody who's by themselves and just checking in and seeing what's going on. Or if you see somebody look sad in the hallway, asking how they're doing and whether you can do something to make their day better. Not just looking out how to avoid the bad stuff, but how to latch on to the good stuff. And every single one of you has stuff that you're good at. Some of it you probably don't even know yet. And that good stuff that you can do and the bad stuff you learn to avoid, that will be what ultimately tells you what God wants you to do with your life. So pray today for God to reveal his will to you, not only for the faraway future, what you wind up doing with your whole life, but what he wants you to do for him today.